Yay, Ralph is here to save us. Oh, was there going to be nobody? <laughs> there was me and Ben. We had Noah, but he had the he had a phone call he had to grab, and we thought he was just going to go off cam. Then he left completely. <laughs> oh Jesus! So I don't know if he's coming back. <laughs> I'm bored. Please do tricks. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm going to be your host today, Ralph May, and I am joined by a studded cast of players and people. We have Corey, we got Ben, we got Noah, and of course, we have John, who has given me the privilege and opportunity of making the intro today. So, super excited. And we got tons of great stories, mostly, I don't know, Log4j, um... Mostly and log for J. More, more, <laughs> like no, no, hold on, hold on. It's log for J and solar winds combined together to make the ultimate attack. Uh, we've got some crypto news. Um, I don't know. The market's up. The market's down, and crypto's gone, and uh, a bunch of other good stories. I'm actually really excited about the crypto going down because I really want my friends and family member to stop asking me questions about investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> you, you, you also want, want to buy a GPU? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's <laughs> honestly mine. Selfish, totally selfish. I want to just get a new GPU and I'll never be able to do it while crypto's up. So. Nope. No, no way. What do you guys want to talk about first? Uh, somebody was asking the about buzzword mm-hmm. attack. What is it? The official attack of buzzwords? It's it's Log4j and SolarWinds. Is it cloud based? Can yes. we just add some other it ones in be. there? It can actually be. I heard it runs on blockchain. And is it a blockchain um, decentralized AI? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they use an S3 bucket. So that's yeah. the some whole are calling attack. it like the new malware attack dash ng. <laughs> new malware dash ng. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Newly new. All right, we'll start there. So there is a new Log4j attack that's targeting SolarWinds specifically and uh, some other, I think, cell phone devices here. But anyways, it is a, obviously, Log4j, SolarWinds. They released the patch. Uh, there's already a CV out for it. And it's the combination of a, the zero-day zero, zero day vulnerability in SolarWinds ServeU file sharing server so um not supply chain regretfully but you know that would be the last buzzword to like put into the infinity gem glove of vulnerabilities (laughs) (laughs) okay hold on we need we need to zoom back to just one thing real quick you said it affects solar wind servers and some mobile devices like what? Well, no, no. They're not <laughs> How do you even pronounce that vendor? Zizel? Zy- yeah, Zizel. Yeah. Zizel? They're, ne- they're not mobile devices. Uh, they're networking devices. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Sorry. Oh, that makes sorry. much more that, sense. That was me just uh, assuming that there was a, a cellular, because I've seen a brand that, that makes sense. I was just trying like to see but... where the Venn diagram would overlap between solar winds and mobile devices. That would be pretty fun, though, right? Like the solar winds app that totally is vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is the serve you? Does anyone know what serve you is? Because it sounds like something from the 90s that I would be buying for $6.99 a month on a CD. It's an (laughs) FTP file server, like uh, software. 
So, yeah. so, so it basically is. It basically <laughs> is exactly what you said it yes. was. Yes. I, I think uh, I'm not sure, but I think that one of my first classes where I was teaching buffer overflows, it was either a serve you server or a yeah. woo FTP server. I can't remember which one. It was a long time ago. Take me down memory lane here. We used to use FTP a lot. And in fact, we still use it today. Many organizations still use it, which is why there's still some FTP servers out there. And there's a couple of big products, one of those being um, SolarWinds Servio. So. I wonder which, how many nice. FTP servers does Shodan oh, say there don't, are? Don't However many it is, you, it's you too You don't many. want to know. <laughs> I, I have looked. You do not want to know. I, I'm looking. Holy crap. Wait, <laughs> that's a million? Yeah, I mean, I will say that There's most companies everywhere. have moved to. They wrap it in SSH now. That's like yeah. the normal thing. Is they, yeah, it's still FTP, but it's SSH wrapped. You you say uh, most, but there's there's 2.8 million in the United States that would like to disagree with you. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Port 21's my bro. No, <laughs> port 20. That's where all the magic happens. Bro. Oh, that's the data. You're right. Right. Oh for for the- just reference, John, pretty much any time I install Sysmon on any client whatsoever, I, I find at least one system still contacting an FTP server. Yeah. Or actual FTP. <laughs> so is it time for FTP C2 then? Is it time? Should we call it full circle and get it completely I, banned everywhere? I was, I was doing FTP C2. It's probably time to bring it back again, but... No, I remember back. doing C2 over... I think that that's in CounterHack Reloaded Windows 2000 Edition. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just brush off the code, get it into an execute assembly uh, yeah. format, and it'll no, be good to go. It's a one-liner. <laughs> oh, okay. Even better. <laughs> and, but uh, the first, you have to like install FTP on the Windows 10 system first to get it to work. Oh my god. Yeah. This I is mean, honestly, bad. though, you know... It but, is interesting that it's not a policy violation. I assume it's like old vendor stuff, probably. Like, yeah, our, you I don't know, know that you have and... to install FTP, actually, John. I think it's still built in. I'm checking. No, it's still built in. Open up your Windows 10 box and type FTP. You need it. All right. It. Well, looks like we have a new C2 vector. I mean, <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Nothing better than the built-in FTP. Oh, it's in there. It's, it's, it's there. in there for support for Explorer because I've worked with it where Explorer can access FTP shares direct. Yeah, I can't remember. Can we also talk about how there's a security researcher named Larry Cash Dollar? That is an amazing name. I hope it's a pseudonym, but that no, is an amazing I hope it's name. His, I hope it's his real name because that's awesome. That is uh, amazing. He has great parents. Um, he's got great parents. I've got a question, though. Are we kind of beaten up on SolarWinds? I, I love how there's this attack, and it's like you just see like the the marketing department from Solar Winds. They're like, God damn it! Can't we, we just have to find have... a new intern now? Oh wait, okay. So here's my here's my like little bandolier of ammunition. One, it was reported by Microsoft and Akamai, not Solar Winds themselves. So that's already you're starting off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Two, it uses another zero day in the product. Right, like this, it's bad. not only log4j; it's another zero day. So you're t- like two things that potentially should be fixed already, and you aren't reporting them to the public. Someone else is reporting them on you. I think it looks pretty bad, but it is fixed, so there is a patch. So I guess that's minus one. So it's only one bad. It's not too bad. I like I like your I like your methodology of the <laughs> like stacked analysis of bad versus good. <laughs> it's like your whole entire thing is like I'm comparing you to this rock. This rock is at zero. For every good thing you do, you get a plus one. For every bad thing, you get a minus one. Beat the rock. 
And <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can't hack a rock, so that checks out. I mean, security level is high with rocks. I mean, it's very, very high. Absolutely. So, oh, this is this was terrifying. So we need more of this. Yeah, I so do that should be our that should be our tester interview. You are issued a rock to test and report back on vulnerabilities. How would you go about <laughs> doing this? <laughs> what phys- physical vectors are excluded? Yeah, exactly. So we got a request from the audience to talk about the uh, moon dance malware. I don't even know. Is that even one of our stories? I can talk about moon dance. Is it moon dance works. or moon bounce? I think it's uh, moon, moon bounce. bounce. Moon dance. It's a wonderful night for a moon yeah, bounce. Yeah, we I have that as one of the articles. Okay, cool. Perfect so, timing. That was just a transition. Ralph. It was a transition. Let's move into moon bounce. Moon bounce is a UEFI boot kit. Can't take it out of, uh, you know, obviously removing your hard drive is not going to, you know, do anything here. This is, um, nah, we, nah, we had talked about these before really too, not. right? You were, we went down this kind of like rabbit hole of, uh, you know, how far do you go and, uh, you know, embedding. <laughs> and the answer your... is shred the computer. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, if you have secure, uh, secure boot or whatever the signature validation of your UEFI, will it catch this? Does anyone know? Um, I don't think it does uh, with this particular one. It, it depends on the specific the thing UEFI is, is that, that you're using. Well, so. and Secure Boot runs in UEFI, so if it's compromising UEFI, you would think it would comprom- compromise Secure Boot as well. So kind of going through this, uh, like anytime you're talking about like a UEFI malware, there's some specific goals and objectives of what it's going to do to the operating of the system itself. So in the past, I've talked about user mode versus kernel mode. Uh, so when your operating system starts, it starts in something called a protected mode, user mode and protected mode. It starts in user mode. And what that means is whenever that kernel is running, you can literally reach anywhere in the memory of the operating system and change anything you want. And most of the time, what you're doing is you're actually flipping the bits as far as checking the mandatory device trining a driver signing functionality. And... This one, the oversimplified image that I'm seeing, I don't see that in there, but they would have to um, so that the Windows kernel is blind to the actual attack um, that's actually happening against it. And the real problem with these types of bootkits, like somebody was saying, just like nuke your computer, is, it, this is this is one example of many that we've seen over the years where even if you update your, your, your firmware, it's persistent. So what it does is it reads the version that you're trying to install, and then it just updates it version to match that. So it kind of clones it, which is pretty cool. So protections against it. One, don't let the hackers get administrative rights on your computer. <laughs> the, the new UEFI signing should also work for yeah. this, I think. Uh, yeah, but I don't Intel know how many systems got, have that. Yeah, Intel's I purchased got a used laptop. Purchased yeah, a used guard. laptop that came with it because the last person clicked every <laughs> link they sent. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, that. Also, yeah, you're... that's right into the chip part or into the chip firmware at that point. So then you're yeah. basically relying. I mean, it still means that then we just start compromising the CPU firmware. But yes. yeah, you need. Your platform has to support boot guard and you'll need a TPM. If your platform supports boot guard, it probably has a TPM. And then, you know, and that's only for Intel too. So uh, who knows if you got an AMD, what you're going to do over there. No one, no one really cares about AMD. Well, AMD has a TPM built in. So Oh, that is work. true. AMD does have a TPM built in. They uh, opted out of that whole separate chip thing. Um, you could so. still get one, but it will allow every AMD, de- most AMD devices to run Windows 11. And well, Intel will be kind of not be able to do that on a lot of like gaming hardware kind of stuff 
Would setting yeah. firmware passwords also be effective, like static firmware passwords? I know that that prevented things, certain things like uh, boot hole was you could bypass boot hole and make it so you couldn't do stuff by just setting the uh, the BIOS firmware passwords. Yeah, with this one, I don't know, but it all depends on how the update process is for your firmware. Um, right. So whenever you update from your Windows side, I, I think it bypasses that. I think that you can update your firmware without the password, but it's when you're accessing it and modifying it, that's when it asks for the password. Gotcha. So, but, but no, it's interesting in the US government and military DOD space, if they think a system is compromised on the high side, they literally either shred it or for the ba- very large servers, they take it out in a tent down in Sandia National Laboratories. They have these tents out in the middle of the desert that have like a perimeter with a fence and people driving around. But you go out way out in the desert, long, 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 long way. And they have what looks like an igloo type tent, and it's just filled with server equipment. And they basically put all their stuff out there because there's literally nothing that they can do to trust those systems at all. And then every once in a while, I think it's like once every five years or something stupid like that, they shred them completely because there's nothing. Trust. I was hoping for something more dramatic, like they they yeah. do shred, put them all out in the desert and use it for a nuclear <laughs> test site or they something. Take them, yeah, they take them all out in the desert and then they glass them. So they they test new weapon systems on them, right? Just which would be which would be awesome that would be like the <laughs> coolest thing ever <laughs> what other stories so, here oh no that was it that we we just re-ran through them all i'm just kidding we have a ton do you guys want to talk about any crypto stuff at uh we got a couple of attacks there we could save that for the other show too i would love uh-huh. to talk some crypto to pump up the uh the other show on friday because i missed uh, the last show and it was an awesome show apparently <laughs> all right so uh crypto.com finally confirmed a major hack that lost 34 million, which is actually kind of small. Um, this was a pretty recent one that came out, uh, or, well, a pretty recent attack and that they confirmed it, right? I guess the hackers gained access to 483 users and they stole around 34 million, representing 4,000 ETH and like 400 and, or, or in 443 uh, BTC. I think that uh these users didn't have two-factor uh, i'm not sure here but uh, in essence you know crypto.com is confirming that this uh this attack actually happened and you know that users accounts were compromised this is their first breach so that's good <laughs> i like that so you have just a minus one against the rock and you still have room to improve well you can you can still recover from this you just need to do something to get a plus one now I'll never financially recover from this. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we talk about these kinds of crypto hacks all the time on the CoinSec podcast. And basically, number one, in the crypto space, $34 million, psh, they got off easy. That's nothing. We've seen $200 yeah. million dollar hacks. I will say also, it'll be interesting to see if they choose to reimburse their users. Typically, these kinds of centralized marketplaces do reimburse their users because they know if they don't, then it's just like no one's ever going to use their product ever again. So it's kind of a mandatory thing. But So they do do what they can to take care of their user population then? Yes. We've seen, I mean, obviously, if it's if it's like a poly hack where it's 200 million or something, it's like, I don't know, like, you know, none of these startups probably have a bank account with $200 million in it. But what they can usually do is either work to probably uh, pay back their users in most cases. And if not, then they'll reissue tokens and burn, you know, do crypto magic things to get the users paid out in some currency, if not U.S. So, dollars. So I guess this what this attack was a uh, issue with their two-factor challenge. 
And so I, I guess what happened is, is that these users' passwords were compromised, but the two, there was some bypass in crypto.com that Wait. was allowing these attackers to get by the two-factor. No details, uh, you know, this without... This is the only a, crypto... Ex- we've seen the same type Coinbase, of thing. Coinbase, yeah. Coinbase, yeah. We, we talked yeah. about yeah. it a lot on the last CoinSec podcast with Jack Reciter, who had in, some inside knowledge about the Coinbase hack. And basically, that was more... It was cred stuffing, or whatever you want to call it, where people are reusing credentials. But it was also heavy, heavy um, social engineering. And also, the I think the only flaw that was actually in Coinbase, and Ralph, keep me honest here was yeah. that it would give you a lot of positive responses along the way. Like it would say, this user doesn't exist. This user has a two-factor token. This user has a phone. And they would SIM swap people that had the phone. And then you could also get yeah. people's balances without authenticating. Yeah. So, so, so the, whole, like, the, see accounts that were valuable to, to compromise. So it's yeah, like a hack that's 20 questions. Yeah. And, and that's what they did. So like the actual exploit, right? Like it, as opposed to like just being like get past two-factor, it was they were able to get a little bit more information each time, and then they had to go do the groundwork. So like, all right, this is definitely have a mobile. Here's the mobile number. And then, you know, they had to find the mobile. They have swap to them. sim yeah. swap them. And then after they did the sim swap, they were like, all right, well, and the other big thing that the other big vulnerability of, of the Coinbase one particularly is they could see the balances. So they knew if it was worth the time to do yeah. the sim swap. And that's, you know, also what uh, resulted in so much success, right? As opposed to like sim swapping a ton of people and then being like, oh, I made 50 bucks, right? Like nobody had yeah. any money. It was all like, so. yeah, it was all like Discord groups running these hacking groups and they would like have, you know, there was a lot of social engineering, like having the wife, you know, oh, I'm spoofing a text and being like, hey, can you send me this code? I'm trying to buy some crypto and I'm at the gym or I don't know, whatever yeah. from the husband, <laughs> that yeah. kind of stuff. And like, I guess, like Ralph said, if you know you're going after a million dollar account, you know, you could dump two weeks into social engineering this person and just kind of hope for the best. But yeah, and they're the they other thing too. They they subsidize out the the attack. They'll just be like, "Hey, I'll pay this person to se this person to just get this little piece, and then they'll take that, right. and then they'll run with and it." You could, to do, yeah, and you could yeah. trade like, "Here's a compromised. Here's I have their credentials, but I don't have their two factor. That's worth an X amount." And then you know, yeah. go after those people. But well, Coinbase did pay out all the users that were compromised, even wow. though it was kind of in some way it was. I guess you could argue it was not really Coinbase's fault. Although, you know, the two-factor flaws weren't like bypasses. They were just like, like Ralph said, steps along the way. But they did, you know, because they know it's reputation. Their reputation is everything. Like when you're using these central wallets, you're trusting them with your money because you're encrypting your crypto into their wallet, basically. Like technically, yes, it's your wallet, but they have the keys. So it's not, not your keys, not your wallet. That's like the famous saying, so... I guess they didn't say whether they paid them back, uh, speaking of that. And then the last thing they did require all the users to reset up their two-factor uh, for all of Crypto.com. So, yeah. yeah. And these, I mean, the, I, these, like, the details will probably shake out over time. Yeah. Like, whether, you know, whether it was really a security thing or whether... Because Coinbase, at first, we were like, was this a bypass? Was this, you know, what was mm-hmm. it? And then it turned out it was just kind of... I guess you could call it weak API implementations or, you know, yeah. web apps, web app stuff we would report as like lower medium severity, not like yeah, you so could just would, not, you know, log in. Yeah. You would be able to have their password and then for some reason it would show their account balance. You couldn't do anything with that. Right. But that one piece of information makes that target more uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, someone you would want to attack as opposed to someone yeah. who has zero dollars. It's and so enumeration like, or information yeah. disclosure. We would call yes. it information disclosure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, good absolutely. by itself. Well, and our, 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 our customers hate it when we put those in reports. 
because they always ask the same question like well what would an attacker do with this and it's mm-hmm. like well you don't need to be giving them that information so let's pull it back a little bit it's I, it's, it's i would say anything financial if the information disclosure is account balances definitely like yeah. that's a big one right? you have to put it um, in context yeah if it's like oh you disclosed the books that i read on goodreads okay like cool <laughs> but if it's like you disclosed how much i have in my coinbase wallet that's a big deal yeah. well and arguably though you're like you said like the books you read it could still be valuable information to the right people i mean yeah. it could be used for advertising it could be used for uh, whatever else i just uh, run-of-the-mill stocking whatever yeah yeah I don't, I, it's like I a low versus a high disclosed. though it's well, like a low sure, yeah, sure it's you know, yeah it's, <laughs> so yeah there's so many more crypto hacks i'm, I'm sure yeah well even today yeah. on my training it was kind of funny i the number of the students were making fun of the crypto thing again they're like oh wow it's snake oil it's not a thing it's like <laughs> people are using it for funds and money is getting stolen therefore we have to go there security people also <laughs> countries are buying the dip didn't like i think it was one of those uh it was ecuador or one of the other so- south american countries that's invested in bitcoin they invested like another 50 million or something to buy when they like when it started going down they were like oh a deal so yeah. yeah i mean i guess it it is kind of funny numbers and fun games but the nation yeah. states are like oh we should buy bitcoin it's kind of weird i always love it. Well, just imagine what's, what's, i love it when people are like well bitcoin what is it actually based on i'm like what are your dollars based on? It's like, well, oh, we got guns. <laughs> the gold standard was like, yeah, we replaced the gold standard with the gun with standard. The gun yes, standard. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Well, America is just a it's just an insurance company with a standing army. I mean, let's be yeah. real. <laughs> uh, You've got half the budget going to Medicaid and Medicare and the other half going to defense. Yeah, yeah. it sums it up pretty well. Yeah, and so even in the crypto space, we talked about this on the other show too. There, we had another article just about uh, North Korea stealing millions of dollars in crypto startups all over the world, right? And so they're you know just easy targets you know to steal from, and you know uh, countries you know are attacking them, going after their weak. Just the idea that it's this thing is easy to steal and the security is low. My joke was that you could. uh take they're they're hacking crypto so that they can buy stuff online because they're sanctioned (laughs) (laughs) they're like going on alibaba hi i'd like to order three million kilograms of rice please and i will pay in bitcoin (laughs) uh what's your shipping address it's not important not important (laughs) Uh, just leave it here uh on the border between I, okay, so that whole entire thing has kind of freaked me out in the past because there's people that are mules. Like, if you actually follow this and how it works, there's these people that are really, like, mentally not all there, and they befriend people. And then their whole job is to receive the, you know, million pounds of rice and then repackage it and ship it someplace else or, like, move it around. And it's, it, like, there was some, some, like, I think it was Vice or something that was talking about these people that, these stolen goods that are ordered with like fake credit cards, they go to these people's houses and they're literally told, well, every single day I take it to this particular location in the woods and one of my friends picks it up. And when the police show up, they go out like to this person's house who is literally a mule and has no idea what's actually going on to basically kind of launder these goods. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, well, how and the significance of, of some of that, of that stuff is that they don't know usually, I mean, usually they don't necessarily know who the person picking up from them is. 
or what the package is entirely. So no, no, they just it gives them it, some like right? plausible deniability in a sense too. It actually provides a little bit of protection, but yeah, they don't, they don't have any idea, like any stage of the process. Cause they'd be like, well, who do you give it to? And be like, I don't know. I drop it off in the woods. I, I put it on this <laughs> park bench and walk away. And that's the end of it for me. That's as far as I know. And it kills yeah. the investigations. Well, I think the and, craziest thing is how cheap these mules are. Probably, yeah, right? They, like the well, people a are lot willing of them to. Do it, they do it yeah. for free. Like the one that I saw that was the saddest was this guy was like being played, and the police were there, and he's like, "Well, I do this for my girlfriend," and they're like, "Great, where's your girlfriend?" Well, she doesn't live here. She's online, and they're like. <laughs> Can I see a, a picture of, you know, of your girlfriend? And you're like, yeah, here's here's my girlfriend. Shows his computer screen. And the police are like, so your girlfriend's Giselle, <laughs> the supermodel. <laughs> okay, and then you could just see that guy's whole universe is now crushed. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, I feel bad for him. So. I mean, that happened in the Panama Papers too. Like that law yeah. firm famously had like random people just signing all the legal documents. Like they just had like it. I think it was based in it was it was either Cayman. It was one of the you know Central American states, and and they had like whoever would just sign. Like it'd be like, hey, uh, you want to sign these legal documents? I'll give you ten bucks. Like, that's, who, that's who were the officers of these companies that were managing like. $200 million. Just shell corporations that are shoveling it all the way around. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so you I can mean, buy someone's signature for 10 bucks, apparently. Like, yeah. It's just pretty, pretty, my yeah, mind. At the same point, though, like, how often on like the daily do people just, you know, agree to the terms and conditions? And I mean, what, what's the difference, really? No. Uh, that, really? Yeah. The difference is $100 million under management running under your landscaper, your, your, your okay. coffee guy. <laughs> so we had an electrician that just showed up. We had an outlet that was put in at one of our properties, and the guy came in who was super nice. He was a weird guy. He kept singing to himself while he was working, but he didn't have headphones or anything, so that was interesting. And um, he came up with his iPad, and he's like, could you sign this? And it was like 37 pages. I was just scrolling through, and I'm like, hey, can I pay with a credit card now? And he's like, nah, it's okay. We'll call you, and we'll take care of it. I signed it, and I sent, sent him on his way. Like, I got an email with the bill. And we got a call like 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 ten hours later, like it was, it was like probably thirty six hours after he was there, livid with me, just angry. He's like, "You haven't paid yet." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, when you signed that document in there, it said that you have to pay within twenty four hours." It was like it was twenty seven pages of legalese, man. Um, but no, just like, <laughs> did you read the Yule? And next thing I know, I'm like human centipede because I didn't pay this guy in twenty four hours. So, um. so, and, so, and also, you need to ship your car off to like some some foreign country if you didn't if you didn't see that part in the contract as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you can get away with on those things. So. so we've kind of been on the topic of a couple things here, but the big one has been two factor, right? With the crypto dot com, oh. and so it looks like we got another story today, which is a kind of interesting read a write up. And this is about Box, actually, and they have a two-factor bypass as well that got reported to them. So kind of interesting. The way that this two-factor bypass worked is through the SMS, which, by the way, if you're using SMS for two-factor, you probably shouldn't. But this one gets a little bit more technical than the traditional phones or SIM swapping, excuse me. Instead of attacking the phone company, they definitely attack the process here. Uh, I guess that Box had a the ability to have a um you know like a authenticator app or sms this is pretty common but if you set your account up for sms 
there was a flaw where if you were to log in as the user and go through the, so you'd need the username and password, right? So this is, you do need their password, but you would go to the SMS, you would get a, a session token, okay, for that authentication. Now you could actually reuse or abandon that as opposed to like getting the SMS and like getting the message, you could actually reuse your authenticator app for a box account that you have. Okay. And you could use that and the session token that it gave you in that process to actually log in because box wasn't authenticating whether the account, right. That entered the uh, authenticator app was actually associated with the account that was logging in. And because you have the session token, it would let you log in as opposed to having to enter the SMS. Uh you know why because inner joins and database <laughs> queries are so freaking annoying yes yes or outer joins like oh the joins man they get you uh, the joins yeah so in essence you'd be able to get into anyone's box account with just a username you and know password. that was discovered by accident dude you know it was a db administrator it's just like uh what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me log in. Uh, I just logged into the admin account. <laughs> that seems bad. Is this yes is this site is? Are, did we build our whole site on WordPress? Shut up. <laughs> that is uh, funny. I mean, I assume that was a fix, right? It was fixed. I yes, assume. yes, 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 yes. Uh, all all they had to do was add that outer join. Check yeah. The, <laughs> uh, yeah, they yes. replaced it with a materialized view and called it a day. So. Yeah, it's kind of a sophisticated attack, but like once somebody discovered that and shared it, I mean, like, you know, anyone who had, I, I think the requirement was the user did have to have SMS as like an option, right? Yeah. And their authentication well, there's a process. Lot, dude, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. So first of all, you have to have SMS enabled on your account. Second of all, you have to be able to steal that, per, the target has to have SMS enabled. Yes. And that you and. have to steal the target's Cookies password. or session tokens. See, this no, is no, password. This, just no. You would not get the tokens? password. Yeah. No, no, no. You get the token when you go when you log in and you say, "Hey, oh, I want to log okay. in with SMS." You would hold so password that password or token. No, no, if no. You grab you don't... their token, it would work. Well, yeah, I guess if you like fish them right and grab that right. session token, even if they didn't enter the SMS, but I don't know why you wouldn't just let them go ahead and go through that process. But sure. um, it would give them a session token. Now that session token wouldn't let you log in until you were like, "Oh no, I don't really want to do SMS. I want to do." the authenticator app so yeah there is definitely some conditions right I, um, it wasn't just anybody I, before i die and i'm out of the industry i want to pull off an attack that's a social engineering attack where i get a user on the phone have them open up their cookie in their browser and read the entire <laughs> cookie to me you know like, like okay it's a f b two C is, is that a capital F? Yeah, or, or a lowercase <laughs> just, just read the whole thing to me. Okay, screw it. What I want you to do is read me the SSL certificate information. <laughs> Dude, that that's like the original Snowden thing. Is like when they were like, okay, we need to decrypt LavaBit or whoever it was that he was using for his email. They like sent him the SSL private key, but like printed on paper. <laughs> So it took the court like months and or the FBI or whoever was doing it like months like import. Someone had to sit there and data entry import the certificate like key by key. Yeah, and then somebody came by and I'm like, you could have just OCR scanned that. <laughs> Damn it! What? Honestly what though, with the with the office tokens, ESTS auth persistent or whatever is only like maybe 150 characters max. Oh, like, oh, yeah, you could probably <laughs> dude, you could pull it off. Just teach them, be like, okay. 
Honestly, just print it off and mail it to me, or just you know, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you call Stephen Accounting. Okay, Steve, I need you to print that off, and I need you to send it to this address. I have a mule there who's going to take it out in the middle of the woods and leave it on a stump for me. <laughs> but we joke about that. We joke about that. But you remember years ago when Metasploit got hacked? A long time ago. This was uh, 2008. They actually got hacked. Because they, the attackers submitted a fax form that was uh, uh, DNS changes. You could go to their website and you could log in and make DNS changes. And mm-hmm. they actually sent in a fax form saying that they were from HD Moore saying, please update our A records to point here. To oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, like, oh, it was God. done through a fax. So it's not that and far. And that was the <gasps> first time an intern got fired. <laughs> we got it. We don't have to have them email it to us. We just need BHIS to have a fax machine. And we just say from help desk. No, this is a great social engineering play. Because you can literally print a lot of these things from like the command line. Just be like, okay, could you print this off for me? Yeah, I'm going to have to do some research on this. I need you to print this out for me and send it to this fax number. And then we can take it and do it. That This must well, and- happen. Well, and that they would be fine with that because there is a subset of people who believe that fax is way more secure than email. And I've had arguments oh, it is, with totally. them before. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it it's is because it's not like you can just totally hook something up to it, like another fax machine, and print off whatever's well, you coming can't through. Typo a phone number also. The no, amount of times, never. the amount of times that I've had to fight with like various HR departments, and they're like, "Why are you sending this via fax?" They're like, "Oh, because it's more secure." And I'm like, "In what world is this more secure?" <laughs> Who, who told like, you first that? off, you know that this is wrong. going across the pipeline, right? And, and that like effectively is running on the exact same wire. Secondly, in what world is this more secure? Like, don't even get me started on this oh, rant. It's, it's, it's the same thing. I hate fax machines so much because like I still to this day with banks, they're like, we're going to need a wet signature on that document. Why? <laughs> like, what, what is this? The 80s? Good God. <laughs> get, like, well, that way, if you ever deny it, they can get that guy with the magnifying glass out and he can like like they do on like Pawn Stars or something. And yeah. you can like, yeah. sit there and go over and be like, oh, no, this is an authentic this John is, Strand for this sure. Is an John Strand for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't use that pen. That's not him. That's, that's definitely not him. I, I love how they had to coin a phrase for it now. I need your wet signature, please. Not just the regular yeah. one. The, I need the, the wet yeah. one. Yeah. The whole signature thing is made <laughs> sounds, up anyway. No sounds one, dirty. No one actually can, can anyone reproduce their signature accurately. I can't. I can't make my own signature. Uh, no, no, not even close. Uh, my favorite thing that ever happened with signatures is my signature is just a scribble. It's like, yeah. and my name is printed out in the document John R. Strand. And my wife was signing her name, just first and last name. And we got done signing a whole bunch of papers for buying a house. And this is a long time ago. And the the loan company is going through it. They're like, oh, Miss um, Spurrier, in your signature, you don't have your middle initial. We're going to need you to re-sign all of oh. these. And she looks oh. over at me and she's like, but his signature is just a scribble. And I'm like, right there, the third bump, that's my middle initial. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's the bump. Yes. It's the bump. Yes. So. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what was it? Last episode, we were talking about the uh, the school district that got um, attacked, right? Um, I think it well, got ransomware. It yeah. They, so, so the city got hit with ransomware, and yeah, the, the city, school district had to close, so they got a cyber day. Yeah, they got a cyber day. <laughs> so I guess 
There is a school district here in our in Illinois that published their cyber renewal details because I guess they have cyber insurance. I, I, I didn't know school districts. And guess what? It's gone up. It's gone up a lot, actually. Uh, I think it was like six grand last year, and now it's twenty two thousand three hundred and thirty four percent increase. Um, so yeah, I mean, are we surprised here? Cyber insurance is going up. The real question is how long until they have like some way to tie a pen test report into a cyber insurance rate? Like, oh, they've oh got my to, god, they've so got you to talk about that. One of the things we've got to get hopping on at BHIS is we've got to get on the insurance boards uh, for authorized for doing IR. Like we have to, um, because a lot of these IR like ransomware gigs, you cannot work with a firm. Well, you can't. You have to work with at least one firm that's on their list of approved vendors to do it. And yeah, I'm waiting for the insurance company to say these are approved IR firms. And they're also approved to do pen tests. I shouldn't say this crap out loud because there's somebody that's listening. It's like, oh, brilliant. And, you know, now the cat's out of the wave, bag on that one. That's, trust that's... Wave and Coal Fire are like all over this crap, right? Mandiant's yeah. right there because yep. there's a way yeah. to blow all the boutique firms out of the water, which they would love nothing more than to do that. So. Yeah, it's probably the same group that it, it wanted to hire me as the CFO for installing crypto on all their computer systems a while back. So, <laughs> or in the crypto miner, the Norton crypto miner thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know the CFO that came up with that was definitely experienced. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess MFA is now requirement for cyber insurance. I mean, I, I Which, thought it it's should... about it's about time. Really? Uh, yeah. Even on SMB There's a way and to implement RDP? MFA. <laughs> Yes, SMB and RDP definitely need MFA now. Yeah, it's, they've got it's that in here. going. That's easy to do. I'm still, I'm still waiting for PCI to raise their password complexity requirements higher than I, seven. Didn't characters. it come out with the new policy? I thought I read something. I, that some, I don't. I, it's probably it's just feeling, up for discussion. No, Ralph. What you missed is that all they did was increase their half, bribe now. rates. Oh, so it's okay. just three hundred thirty-two percent more expensive to get approval without compliance. Oh, okay. So the bribes up. Got it. The uh, yeah, up. I think the password complexity it, is not up. <laughs> it still, it still reads seven characters. Maybe they're going <laughs> to yeah. raise it. They're going to raise it to seven and a half. Are, are they still? Are they still allowing SMB v one tube, John? Because oh, the other sure. day I was helping someone with uh, access a file share, and I got that fun little message that said, "Oh, you can't access it with this version of SMB. You need to install SMB v one, please." And I was like, "That is that is not good." You know, what's interesting is I have a lab where we use Impacket for that. And if you try to authenticate from the Windows system, it gives you that error. But on an Impacket, it still captures your NetNTL on V2 password hashes. So it Beautiful. still tries to authenticate. And then after it does that, Windows is like, whoa, uh, 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 you, you I should probably back here. up, pump the brakes. We're not going to allow this to happen. But I've already given them your, your password and your user ID and the challenge um, for it. That is everything that you need. But no, it's still seven characters. It's still seven characters. Good God. It's amazing. Do you guys and want to talk about some ransomware? Uh, that's a good way to close it out. Let's I think we have to legally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one's in uh, a good news, I guess, as opposed to bad news. So VPN Lab, a service used by ransomware gangs, uh, got Ooh. shut down. So I guess they were uh, they seized 15 servers operated by VPN Lab, Germany, Netherlands, I don't know, you know, your cast of characters for European uh, VPN services. And uh, I guess no arrest, but they pretty much shut down the services being used to, you know, encrypt. It used OpenVPN, like, I don't, I mean, maybe just, just like paying off a little bit to, 
do you think they could just use another service? I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, I, I always think it's interesting how you have these services that pop up. Like this is like Mega and Mega Upload is another example where you have these services. Pirate Bay would be another one going way back through history that are like, well, we just provide a service. We don't care who's using that service. The um, utility Skype, argument. Yeah it's, yeah, just, it's just a utility. And Skype was the same way. Like, I remember there was a number of cases that I worked with before Skype was bought by Microsoft. And you're like, hey, we got a kid that's abducted. Can you help us get the kid back? And they're like, nope. <laughs> you know, and you can stand on that for a while. But I think that there's a line where you've got enough attention of law enforcement that you're probably going down. Like, you know, most of your business model is actually corrupt and being used for criminals. And uh, that's kind of a weird place to be, but uh, it sounds like this is similar where it was, it was a service. You, anybody could use it. It was being used a lot by criminals. And yeah. you know, once it gets to a certain threshold, the, the government's just going to come in and shut those down. Here's my hot takes on this. First of all, whoever made this graphic for the site seizure <laughs> is definitely a talented graphic designer. I mean, they even have the B from VPN Lab. Oh, it's all sad. It fell off the end of this. And the, so and the, internet, the internet is exploded and on fire at the same time. Um, I love it. But no, I think this is totally a PR thing because let's be real. Oh, no, this is whack-a-mole, right? This is like, how many VPN labs are there? A thousand, ten thousand, ten million? Yeah, but um, it's weird, Corey. They, they tend to glom on, like crime tends to use something, and a lot of them use it, and then it scatters, and then another one pops up a little bit later. You're right about the whack-a-mole, but it's not like they're using a huge number. It's like they, they get together, and they have lunch, and they're like, so, comrade, what, what type of VPN are you using? And then everybody does that. It's right. no different than corporate America. It's like, what sim is everyone using? Apparently, a lot of people use Splunk, sir. Yeah, let's buy a Splunk. You know, it's, it's, yeah. just, like, just like how you go to these conferences and Splunk would have a booth, what you're saying is, is effectively there's a cyber criminal conference where they're like, oh, and there's VPN labs right over here. They, yeah, on they this don't side, log we anything. Have, they yeah. won't so, respond to any requests from law enforcement. And they don't yeah. log anything. If yeah. you guys had to guess, what country do you think they host the ransomware cyber conference at? Oh, uh, I would say Russia. Metaverse. But Oops. the metaverse. metaverse. <laughs> it's definitely got to be Russia. And they probably, you know, get flown in and tanks and stuff. I feel like that's and... too obvious, though. Like, you'd think you'd stick it somewhere, like, slightly off the beaten path, like Latvia or something like that. Estonia. Somewhere not extraditious. Yeah. yeah. So okay, Estonia speaking of Russia, the last one I want to talk about is that the news article that says this this is literally the headline and I have to This threat intelligence expert believes cyber attacks aren't Ukraine's biggest concern. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you sure? Like, hold, hold on, I thought well, we talked about news on this show. Well done. That is well, the understatement of the century. Well like that's uh that's uh what? Duh! Oh, like, yes, tanks beat cyber threats. <laughs> Kinetic wins every time. What does he actually say? Does he actually say that? Oh, no. Is this Dimitri that wrote this article? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's Dimitri. It's an interview. Okay, so it's an interview. Because Dimitri's a good I, – I like Dimitri. You know, I haven't seen him in like a decade, but we did a Black Hat – or Defcon panel together. Um, and he's a lot of fun. And now he's worth like X billions of dollars. I mean – Look at that jacket and his ascot on it. There's just no way, I right? Mean, that headshot costs more than my entire house. I know, right? Like oh. that, like that, like <laughs> that jacket, Dimitri. Because you don't watch this, I'm sure, is amazing. 
but I remember your ass when it was jeans and t-shirts, so don't get too uppity. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm blaming the news outlet here, not the interview, right? I mean, of course yeah. it's yes. not their biggest threat. <laughs> I'm sure they went into the, the – of course, they probably went into the interview being like, how can we get this guy to say that cybersecurity is their biggest threat somehow? He's not going to say it, right? It's like what uh-huh. number seven said. You know, it's like, what do you think is the biggest risk to Ukraine right now? Artillery. It's artillery. artillery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what they're worrying about tonight. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Don't get us wrong. We talk about cyber attacks all the time. They're important. They're a big deal. But if you have tanks on your border, there are bigger problems. <laughs> take, take care of that shit first, okay? Yeah. Then we can patch the log4j vulnerabilities, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Oh my God! That's that's a great article. <laughs> what, what would you rather happen? Do your power get shut off or artillery rounds hitting your house? You just uh, make the decision, okay? Uh, just tell me, what do you want? <laughs> your bank account will not matter if your bank is rubble. <laughs> <laughs> Rubles? No, no, rub- no, rubble, rubble, rubble. Oh, yes, thought- rubble. Barney, rubble, trouble. Yes. <laughs> I thought the Russians said they were going to make our houses worth lots of rub rubles. No, rubble. <laughs> We laugh. Yeah, now no, is the time. Is not funny. Now, now yeah, no. I know. I, I do want to say, like, if you know, stay safe if you're in Ukraine, but. Truthfully, it is the time, like, it will be interesting to see if something is coordinated. Like, I mean, we all remember that missile test alert in Hawaii, right? Where they're like, yeah. there's a missile coming to your house. This is not a right drill. It was, now. <laughs> right. It turns out it was, you know, a guy that pressed the wrong button. But it'd be very interesting to see if Russia would do something that coordinates, like, that kind of awareness system to, you know, to get civilians to do what they want to do or something like that. There are potential, you know, warfare uses of cyber attacks, but... I still think a tank driving into your front door is potentially a bigger well, problem. So here's, I, I am curious. Here's like there was a question in the comments here. Like, what is the CVE score of an artillery battery exactly? <laughs> it's, it's high. It's, it's high. eleven. It goes to eleven. <laughs> it goes to point. eleven. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that you can watch for like warfare, and I think I could talk about this. I can't remember if this is classified or not. I don't think it is. But during um the first and the second Iraqi war, um a lot of people don't know this, but the infrastructure and power stayed up in the country through like the bombings. And it was one of those things I remember reporters were talking about. And they're like, well, why is this? Well, <laughs> if you're sitting on their network, right, like you've hacked in, you want the power and the telecommunications to work. And the reason why is you can track communications sometimes just by volume to identify where their command, where their command hubs are, Right. So in, in the Gulf War, the United States was like, we're going to bomb all these things, but do not bomb their power stations. Do not bomb their telco providers. So they can actually, we were sitting on their network and watching the communication happening real time. So they could actually identify where the various leaders were using that type of technique. So whenever we talk about cyber being coupled with kinetic, it's not always, you know, do something and then level everything. But they can very much interrelate with each other. So you can actually take out certain command structures very a lot easier because they start moving people around. And if you can see, this has a lot of communication. And then all of a sudden, the similar communication spikes up here. Then you get an idea that they move their command infrastructure over another way, which is just great. Yeah. Now they just, Proxmox said, now they just use Fitbits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hey, all Bill. the Fitbits. Bill, what the hell is that on your wrist? Oh, uh, it's a Garmin Phoenix 7. Uh, what is it doing? 
my heartbeat, my staff. <laughs> I mean, that's like we talked about all the air tags. I'm on Strava. Oh my god, a public, you can find me. On, you can on find Strava. me, dude. We should compete, man. Get get one, get one. We can compete it's numbers, like, dude. I swear, I'm I'm definitely more fit. Will we be reading an article about how air tags are tracking tank movements? <laughs> <laughs> just a matter like the, of time. The soldiers, the, time. the Russian soldiers, just have iPhones. They're just reporting yeah. all the tanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I, you know, with Russia, it wouldn't surprise me. Like that whole country is insane, right? Like you know, you got dash cam videos. I love the videos of their aircraft carrier that has to travel with a freaking tugboat everywhere it goes because it breaks down constantly. It would not surprise me if they're like, what are the comm systems for the military in Russia? Oh, oh, they use iPhones. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what they use, you know, so. I mean, I will say that since Russia's taking the stance of we're, this isn't real, this isn't a war, we don't identify as an invader. Like we, you know, like we identify, we don't as, identify a, as an know, invader. But yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I identify mean, as a tank. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a tank. This is a bus. This is just how we this get around. This is a luxury Russia. cruise vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> in but, Russia they can get away with that. So the social so, media side, right, is the cyber side. Like getting silence and and getting people's opinions to change is valuable to them on like a national security level which is crazy but yeah. i think once tanks start driving across borders you can't really you know you can't no longer identify as an invader you're you're an invader yeah so. you can't get away with that anymore it's like the, you're walking quacking you you're a duck um you got tanks you got artillery <laughs> we're not we're not uh soldiers we're just playing dress up <laughs> halloween it's halloween what, what are you gonna it's do one, it's one great big gi joe cosplay <laughs> We're just LARPing. <laughs> this is a drill. It's we're just trying to see what it would be like to invade Ukraine. We're not really doing I just, it. I just that, oh. whoever who posted that, the LARPers thing. Was Ryan, that Ryan? That was Ryan. <laughs> it was yeah, so. I just laughed and blew snot everywhere. So thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh. It's like lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, artillery. <laughs> By the way, we're only all laughing so hard because they're not LARPing near us. All right. Yeah. So. Well, it's gallows humor. We're not handling this well. But once again, yeah. seriously, if you're in Ukraine, good luck. Please stay safe as much as you possibly can. If you um, need help with cybersecurity related matters, we'll do everything we can. And if you're Russian, there's better ways. Like there, you can get lots of vodka being friends with people. Mm. You don't have to be mean to get attention, Russia. You're acting out because you want to be seen. <laughs> we see you. We see What's your you. fears, Russia? What are your fears? It's what are, honestly, what are you probably just a phase. They'll grow it's, out of it. Yeah, we we you don't. They're have to just do it coming out of that weird. Our economy is dependent on oil, and oil isn't worth that much anymore. What do we do? Yeah. Do we you know? Maybe it's yeah. honestly they need, they just need a vacation spot. Ukraine has some really beautiful spots. It's warmer. They do. For, you they know, do. like they do absolutely. But Russia, we see you, and we're not angry at you right now. We just we're just disappointed. Not yet. We're disappointed. Just disappointed. Because you can do yeah. better. All they yeah, want. Someone give a them a Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. That, if, if, if Kendall Jenner gives you Russia a Pepsi, uh, that will solve world peace. Solves so. the problem. Wow. wow. We ended on. Let's end it on Kendall Jenner bringing us all together. Uh, Going wow. from this, to this, we need to go from this to this. All right. Wow. That's All right. Deep. Well, take it out, Ryan. We appreciate everybody. Take care and stay safe.